Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is a PNC Professional Wrestling Podcast. Back with another week. Ben, how's it going? And, and this is a special week on top of it because it is episode 75. 75. Holy crap. How did we do this? 75. Uh, the the big question is how did we put up with each other for seventy five episodes? <laughs> I know but, I, yeah. I should have muted you so many times. Like God, cut that mic off. Yes, well <laughs> now now I'm starting to catch up with you in terms of number of mutes because every time you say the iconics or something, I have to you know fight the temptation to hit the mute button. But nonetheless, I'm sorry. What was um, that? Did you I, mean, I, I, did you mean the? Oh God! <laughs> I hate you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, so, it, it, it's all it's all good good back and forth friendly banter. But um, yeah, so episode seventy five, and we have a stack episode for you, Elia. Why don't you um? Why don't you break down what we have for the people before we jump in? All right. So this week we're going to go over Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, NXT, and Friday Night SmackDown. And this week we're firing up the DeLorean. We're going on a special trip back through time. Ben, I have a question for you. What were you doing on Monday, June 11, 2007? Well, um, I, I, I don't know, Pro- probably recovering from an extended hangover from my 19th birthday. Oh, my. Well, I tell you, I was watching Monday Night Raw, and apparently this is one Raw that not many people talk about anymore. Well, and, and you know what? That's actually surprising because I I was I actually watched it too, and this was the uh, this was the uh, Mr. McMahon limo explosion angle, which mm-hmm. which unfor- which unfortunately got cut short for um, for very legitimate circumstances. Um, but um, you know that was that was fun while it lasted, and um, you know. Unfortunately, as I said, Mr. Man had to miraculously come back to life for very serious real-life circumstances um, a few weeks later. But, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And then uh, the other the other big selling point for uh, the June 11th episode was um, it was the 2007 draft, and as well as being. Uh, Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night, which actually turned into a Mr. McMahon Roast. What was um, it? Okay. Yeah, Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night. Um, this was the first ever uh, tri-branded draft. Yes, because this is when um, this is when uh, ECW was still in existence. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you ask me... I have a question. Did you ever... Uh, have you ever seen any of the episodes of ECW? Or, and if you did, like, what did you think of it? Oh, the WWE version? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did. I, I saw pretty much all of it, and I was not impressed. <laughs> it I, was so weird. I really, um, I really don't think it should even be considered ECW in, in any fashion. I wish they hadn't used those letters. As soon as the mummy come, came out uh, on week one, I'm like, okay, this shit isn't going to work. Oh, no. <laughs> well, see, that shows, uh, that shows you that, that you know more than I do because I did not watch. I watched maybe one or two episodes, if not more, but it used to come on Channel 3, which is uh, global, and um, they, they used to be on like a Friday at 1 a.m. or something. It's really weird. Yes, well, and back back in my uh, youth, I used to watch the real ECW on TNN. Oh, so did uh, I. But um, you know, that was so mu- that was so much better than um. That was some crazy stuff there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, with Mikey Whipwreck, Mikey Whipwreck, the Sinister Minister. Yeah, and I actually, I always love the Sinister Minister. I got, I got a real big kick out of him. Um, but um, the the thing is, with me being so young at the time of the original uh, ECW, um, I really shouldn't have been watching it, so I'm actually glad my parents never figured out that I was watching it. Oh, bad, bad Ben. Oh, tisk tisk. Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm the equivalent of uh, little kids uh, watching South Park. What's going on? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but I I watched I watched South Park back in those days too. So. Oh, did your parents know about that? Um, yeah, they they knew. See, the the, the, oh, the see, thing hold is, hold on, is, wait a minute. How, how do they know about South Park, but they don't know about ECW? I I that's one of those. That's one of those infamous uh, WWE level logic gaps. I don't know, but um, <laughs> the uh... <laughs> well, hold on, Mr. and Mrs. Pierce. Now you know what your son was watching ECW. Oh, they don't listen to the podcast. So. Oh well, oh, you you can let them listen to this uh, episode where the truth is revealed. <laughs> that should that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> Oh, jeez, um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so, so yeah, the original ECW, ECW was so much better than the WWE incarnation. I actually, like I said, I don't think it should have even been called ECW. Uh, not too long ago, as a matter of fact, um, I watched a, uh, like, the documentary, the or the like, the mini documentary that uh, WWE released online about. Oh, we have slight connection, ladies and gentlemen. I I I think we're good. I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Was wondering what happened. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know how much you heard or didn't hear, but look. I was saying that um, I have actually watched the mini documentary that uh, I think WWE released it last last year or maybe two years ago about the formation of the new ECW. And um, Shane McMahon was saying that 
he had pitched it as a digital exclusive so that that way um that way it could it could retain some of the um ECW level uh, violence and kind of edginess, um, which would have been which would have been a really good idea, um, but but once uh, Vince McMahon um, got wind of it, he wanted to put it on air because, as we know, whenever whenever Vince McMahon sniffs any money, that's that's what he does, which. I get you know as a as a businessman I can't really blame him for that but I just I just wish that um, ECW had stayed loyal to what the original ECW was which is, which is why I don't like reboots like this so suffice yes. to say now let me um, let me ask you this is my final question before we get into the show some what day did uh, ECW come on there. So it, it came on on Tuesday, Tuesday nights at ten. Oh, okay. For us, it was on Friday nights at uh, I believe it was nine p.m. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. All right. Yeah, so it was. Go on. It, it was a weird time frame, especially when you had uh, Kelly Kelly's expose, <laughs> which which it was which it was kind of weird because it's like you know. Back in back in that day, I I mean I'm Kelly Kelly's age, so back back in those days it didn't really matter. But like, it's kind of weird that they would have a 19 year old doing something that you know sexually charged, which nowadays doesn't seem like such a big deal. But but back back then it was like okay, this is on the edge of creepy. And of course, Brooke Adams was part of that. So when she went on to TNA as a book test mocker, uh, yeah, you know, and I actually I think that she could have been a bigger star than than what she was because I, I we I never got see, well, we never got to see her much unless you did watch ECW back then. Yeah, and, and you know they they didn't they didn't really do much with her in uh, TNA either. So, um, but but you know she she's an absolutely gorgeous woman, and uh, you know from from what I understand she's she's like semi retired from focusing on motherhood. So good for her, but I I, I do think she could have been something um, something a little bit better in wrestling. All right, so uh, we're seeing we get into this week's show, starting with Monday Night Raw. of a program what, what in the hell was that 
Now, before you go on, um, I did find a good site here, so I'm good for, for all the all the results here. Okay, very good. Um, but you know, the, but the thing is, that was a very like segment and promo heavy show. There was hardly any wrestling at all. So it it was just kind of it was just it was it was a very poor episode. Not, not. I mean, WWE has a habit of having poor episodes nowadays, but that one was just like really, really bad. But continue. All right, WWE Monday Night Raw, and this week's Raw kicks off with a uh, Randy Orton promo um, talking about how he defeated Edge at Backlash and bragging about his victory, which brought out Christian and Ed Orton. Challenges Christian to quote one more match, demands an answer by the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it because you know Christian obviously has extensive history with Edge, and he was on he was on the the um, the peep show with Edge, you know, the week before. However, you know, knowing that Christian is retired and has been for a long time uh, because of um, concussion-related issues. I'm not a really big fan of his inclusion in this angle. If if they're going to um, have, have him involved in some uh, physical capacity, which it seems like uh, that's what they're trying to do, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Um, not not with the concussion issues that he's had. And personally, as as much as I as I've always been a fan of Christian, I think I think he's one of the uh, criminally underrated guys in, in WWE history. As a matter of fact, um, but as much as I'm a fan of what he did in the ring, I just, nowadays I just don't want to see it. So. You know, and and also in addition to that, I have I have to wonder if Christian would have been involved in the storyline uh, had Edge not gotten injured because it just comes off as as a backup plan to a backup plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just not I'm just not a fan of it. I mean I I, I mean obviously Edge's injury threw a wrench in this whole thing, but um, you know, depend depending on how long Edge is out. Now I've heard I mean, he's yeah, they said eight weeks. No, no, that that's entirely too short of a period of time for a, for a torn tricep. Okay, I don't know. Um, that's I that's number I heard. I don't know because I've I've heard that he could be out for the rest of 2020. So, um, so some so, some. In, in other words, he's going to miss an extended period of time. However, uh, my thought is that if they're bringing Christian in, um, you know, maybe his injury is not that severe because I don't, I don't, I don't think that Christian could sustain interest in the storyline if um, if Edge was going to be out for an extended period of time. That's just me, um, you know. And the other, the other thing that I would like to say is, 
you know, obviously they had built this uh, built this match at Backlash between Edge and Randy Orton as the greatest wrestling match ever. Hmm. Which obviously we all knew that that was going to be bullshit. There's there's no way that anyone could live up to that moniker because um, because it's so subjective based on whoever you ask. Um, you know as to who you know got the greatest match of all time. But that being said, you know that match was real was really really well done, and I think. But I think it's building, you know, did a disservice as I've said in, in previous episodes. But I just, like I said, I don't have I don't have faith in Christian to be able to maintain this storyline if um, if Edge is going to be out for an extended period of time. Okay. So we open up with our first match: Kevin Owens defeating Angel Garza after Andrade causes a distraction. And allow, allowing uh, Owens to hit Garza with a stunner. And then after the match, Garza and uh, Andrade start arguing, and Selena yells at them to start working together. So I think they're looking at uh, splitting this stable up, which would be a which would be a grotesque mistake, um, because we we've, we've already seen um, Awesome Theory move on to um, you know the Monday Night Messiah storyline with. Uh, Seth Rollins, um, but if, in particular for Andrade, this would be a terrible move. Um, I just think that he's one of those guys that obviously needs a mouthpiece because he doesn't speak English very well, and um, and you know Selena is the perfect mouthpiece for him. So if they if they were to break Andrade off from her, that that would just be terrible. And um, to me, that could signal the beginning of the end for Andrade. So hopefully, they don't do that to him because I don't think he deserves that. So next, we have MVP talking to Bobby Lashley about Lana costing him the match against Drew. And of course, Lana interrupts and argues with MVP, and Lashley uh, tells Lana that he want, that his career started going downhill when he married her, and he wants a divorce. Oh my God, is this the end? Please, please. Um, <laughs> well, one can one can only dream and hope and pray, and um, you know this this whole storyline has been terrible and a clusterfuck. Uh, since the since the wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana, which, uh, as we know, turned into a lesbian angle, which turned out not to be. So it, the whole thing has just been just been one big mess. And uh, you know, like I'm torn when it comes to Lana because you know her. I find her character to be annoying. Which is the point of, of the character, but like, I I find it to just be the worst kind of annoying. And since um, and since Rusev is no longer with the company, I just I wonder what role she can play mm -hmm. um, because because we haven't 
we haven't seen her enough in the ring. So apparently, we can't they're, really apparently hold. they're putting her in a tag team with Natalia. So does that mean Natalia is a heel? <laughs> what? Uh, well, you know, it between her and the Big Show, she's had more heel turns than than I've ever seen in my entire life. So I I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, as as unfair as this may be to Lana, I just. I, I don't see, I don't see what they can do with her, which is which is unfortunate because I think she, I think she has quite a bit that she can bring to the table as a as a valet, and I, you know I mean we we've seen that she can do very entertaining things when she was with uh, Rusev, and I mean that pairing was great, but. Uh, without him, I just, I just, I'm not sure where she lands. So uh, that would be interesting because if they, if they missed the boat on her, I think that that would be, that would be a, a waste. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Now our second match. Now look. Uh oh. We have a raw tag team champions, the Street Profits. And the Viking Raiders <sighs> defeating the ninjas. Uh, who, who gives a fine fuck? Actually, okay. you know, it, it, it's it's funny because in the review that I'm that I wouldn't be looking at, I actually have it up, but if I wasn't looking at your face, that's what I'd be looking at. Remember remember how um <laughs> uh, remember how um how I mentioned it, the three ninjas movie uh, on yep. last week's show. Well, in this review, they actually bring it up. Jeez, oh, like the, the three ninjas as a way to like insult this storyline. They bring out the characters' names like Hugh, Rocky, Colt, and Tom Tom. You know, so I just Wait, uh, uh, the. Are the, wait, what are those names? So those the three ninjas, or is that the? Yeah, that's the that's the three ninjas in the movie. Okay, I haven't seen that movie in like forever. Okay. But when they say two Rocky, Colt, and Tom Tom, I I laugh my ass off. Oh my head! Oh. Just, 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 a kid Zawa. I mean, like, cause he was booked really well on the cruiserweight. Title tournament. Which from from that they move on to this. This is terrible. It's just it's it's god awful, and I I dare say, um, I dare say it's bordering it's bordering on playing off of a Japanese stereotype, which which you know, as you know, I'm I'm not the captain of the PC police. You know, but it, it, it's just this particular storyline is just very cringeworthy to me. Yes, you're not the captain of the Pierce Canelo police. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, no, I'm, I'm not the politically correct guy. Uh, then we have Seth Rollins uh, coming out to the ring to 
respond to rumors about Dominic Mysterio coming to Raw to confront him. I can't believe Dominic Mysterio. That sounds so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently uh, he's down out in the ring. He starts uh, kind of promo, and then I don't know where Dominic just runs in and attacks him. Yeah, with um, with Rey Mysterio on the screen, that was that was convenient timing. If it was just going to be a run in, that's very convenient convenient timing to have his father on the screen. <laughs> but whatever. And I swear, okay, Ben. Yeah. <sighs> now look. Oh and God, the, the second one of the show already. And next, we have MVP and Bobby Lashley challenging Drew McIntyre and R-Truth to a tag team match and a winner-take-all match for the 24-7 championship in the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Oh, my God. This was just a... We keep saying this. We keep saying this week in and week out. MVP, I thought this person had tired. He was stepping out, staying out of the ring. Why are you still in the main event matches? Well, apparently not, but I mean, this is this is just really weird. I like him as a mouthpiece for Lashley, because that's always been a weakness of Lashley's, is that he can't talk. It's kind of the same, same uh, vein for uh, Brock Lesnar. But, you know, so having... Having MVP in that world is good, but I just, you know, I just, I don't need to see MVP in the ring. I agree. Okay, in our next match, Elio Canella made his Raw debut and brought out his new team as defeated Natalia and Liv Morgan. Uh. (laughs) What? Just kill me now. Just <laughs> Why? Me now. Then, then, then it won't be the PHC progression podcast. It, 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 will be, it will only be the end of C progression like podcast. Yeah, so let's be honest. You can do this show without me because I am this show, goddammit. <laughs> um, That's uh, it. No. Cut his bike. Cut his bike. Oh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he actually did cut my sound. The son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and next, we, our next segment, we have Ric Flair talking with Charlotte, and I don't know why we're still seeing Ric Flair on our screen. I, I don't get it. And, and, and then he, he, he low blow. He had something to say, and he low-blowed Christian. Like, what the fuck? Our fourth match had the United States champion Apollo Crews defeating Shelton Benjamin. Wow, how long has it been since we've seen this guy? I don't know. Actually, actually, I take that back. The last time... No, I know, I know. I'm saying, how long has it been since we've seen this guy? Like, we since all this start, started, uh, how many times have we seen him? Well, let's see. Um, he was... He was in a gauntlet match 
touched briefly with um, Bobby Lashley. That's the last time I ever remember seeing him. But that was that was a while ago. So it's just, you know, I I don't, I, I don't get it. I I really I really don't get WWE as a business model. We're still I, not done because after this match, our truth is confronted by Akira Tozawa and the ninjas, including a ninja referee. Oh God, I I know at, at, at this at, at this particular point in time, Elio, uh, I took a piss break because I just couldn't take it anymore. And so apparently now the Big Show is an honorary member of the Viking Raiders and suggested that they have a championship match next week against the Street Profits. Well, you know, and at this point, I would welcome some in-ring action because these these segments with the Viking Raiders and um, Street Profits have been the furthest possible thing from entertaining. Nauseating is the right word. Um, uh, you know, I, I think... All right, then in a winner-takes-all match, we have Drew McIntyre and R-Truth defeating MVP and Bobby Lashley. Okay, all right. So you've you've heard me go on a 24-7 championship ramp before. Yeah. So listeners... No, and if you haven't listened in a while, I'll just give you an abbreviated version. The 24 7 championship. Okay. So, yeah, the the 24 7 championship is literally the most useless championship I have ever seen in in all my years, 29 plus years of watching professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. So, the fact that that is online alongside the the WWE Championship of of all things is disgusting. The fact that I mean, literally, if you if if you had told me that in 2020 I would be looking down at a match card and see the WWE 24/7 Championship build in the same line as the as the WWE Championship, I would tell you that. You need to have your head professionally examined. It, it, it's, it's the stupidest motherfucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And this takes place in the same episode as the ninjas. I mean, could this episode of Monday Night Raw get any worse? Uh, it's, it's just, you know... There are, there are certain occasions where I am legitimately embarrassed to be a fan of professional wrestling in 2020. You know, I think I, think I said the same uh, thing in last week's podcast. You know, since 2017, the product has taken a uh, special, unique turn in the drain of of, you know, my toilet, because that is just how bad it's become. I mean, it's it's been getting pretty bad since, I would say, 2008, since they turned PG, but uh, since 2017 in particular, it has just gotten really bad, but 
there there is just something about the the fact that the twenty four seven championship was on the line alongside the WWE championship that just does something special that makes my head explode. All right, guys. So then uh, we have an announcement that Rey Mysterio will return next week. He couldn't return this week, but he'll return next week. This week, he was only able to be on the big screen. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to say. Oh my god! I'm I'm sorry. I I yawn because I'm 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 bored by the sure by, sure. By, Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host just yawned because this show is bored was boring him to putting him to sleep quite literally. Yes, absolutely. All right. Next, we have Ric Flair trying to talk Christian out of fighting Orton. Yes, which ended in the low blow segment I mentioned earlier. I mean, God, I mean, good lord! I have all the respect in the world for Ric Flair. Believe me, I, I, I'm among those that list him as the best wrestler of all time. Period. Um, but I just the fact that he's on our screens in this capacity in 2020 is 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 sad. And, and I said they shouldn't be doing this to him. And then we had now. Can I just say you already know how I love my iconics. Uh-huh. However, I also love the team of Bailey and Sasha Banks. Well, in, in in that regard, we're we're in the same boat because I absolutely love Bailey and Sasha. And. Uh, so they were out next to um, celebrate Bailey's birthday. But hold on, can we do something about Bailey's hair? Yeah, it, it's it's terrible. It it, 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 look, it just it looks, doesn't, it doesn't look good on her. It's not good. Yeah, it it, look, it looks worse than uh, than AJ Styles' uh, soccer mom haircut. This it, it's just bad. Like when when she was a uh, face, she had the the side pointing out thing. But like now she's a heel. Like for like at least let it grow a little because right the way it looks now, it doesn't. It's not a good look for her. Yeah, I I, I would agree. All right. Next we had the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar defeating Nia Jax, and uh, with our fast count by the ref. Well, apparently a fast count. It didn't seem very fast to me, but nonetheless. And I'm sorry, I I get I get disinterested every time Nia Jax is is mentioned. My my eyes just glaze over and I lose interest. So no no disrespect to Asuka whatsoever. And this brings us to our main event, an unsanctioned match with Randy Orton defeating Christian after Ric Flair delivers a low blow. Well, yeah, we, we, knew, we knew something was going to happen with, in that regard. So. Mm-hmm. Not exactly surprising, but, but then again, not exactly a compelling ending. So now, Ben, what, what did that website give this episode of Raw? Uh, let me look. Um... I know, I know SmackDown got an eight. We'll review that a little bit, but let me see what it, 
They gave this episode of Monday Night Raw a seven. What the hell? That's, you know what? Show's on? over. That's it. I'm done. You know, what in the hell is going on here? All right. I mean, good, oh, I good mean, God. Six or five, is, is, then that's being generous. Exactly. It's just... Not right. a seven. Are you kidding me? Oh, my Lord. I was, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on from this train wreck of a show, and we are going to... I'm going to throw it over to my co-host for AEW Dynamite. Ben, AEW Dynamite. Okay. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me explode. So. Wednesday nights have become, well, largely until recently, the uh, the savior of my wrestling week. Although uh, NXT um, has uh, has slightly gone down, in my opinion, and we'll, we'll get into that further when you do your review of NXT. But as for AEW, um. The the first match of the evening was the Natural Nightmares, uh, Dustin Rose and QT Marshall uh, versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Title Match. Uh, this is this is the way you kick off a show, not with a twenty minute promo, but with a championship match. Yep. Uh, take notes, uh, WWE, because this. Um, this was a great uh, wrestling match, and um, and I'll, I'll tell you they had Britt Baker at the at the announcer ta- table, uh, sending notes um, via an elongated pull uh, to um, her friend uh, Tony Schiavone, and at this point in time. As we'll get into later on in the review, um, her and Tony are on a friendship timeout, so stay tuned for that. I'll tell, anyway, you, right now, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Ben. Yeah. Britt Baker is my AEW version of the Iconics. She is my favorite. Well, and, and I I like her uh, a lot more as a heel than I do a face. Yep. And. I look. I very much look forward to her improving in the ring as as time goes on, and um, you know, hopefully uh, she'll get over this injury rather quickly. But anyway, um, so Q- QT and um, Dustin did a did a great job of working together, um, but they couldn't um, they they couldn't quite overcome. Uh, Paige and Omega, and I actually I'm I'm legitimately surprised that Paige and Omega are still tag team champions. I didn't expect them to lose this match, but it's just for for how long that uh, 
you know, this storyline with Paige has been going on. I'm just I'm just surprised that they're still together as a tag team. My my assumption is that that's be, that's because they slowed down the progression of the storyline as a result of uh, of the COVID nineteen pandemic. But that's just my thought. Um, but this was a, this was a great match, and um, and I definitely want to uh, see more of this which I will get the opportunity to as we're having a rematch at Fighter Fest. So this, this next part kind of um, uh, confused me because we had a very uh, detailed video package for a, a newer performer by the name of Anna Jay. And I love her. Yeah, yeah, she's... Um, I, I, I could potentially see big things in her because yep. um, I like her character and she doesn't seem yeah. that bad in the ring. No, uh, no, I, 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 I loved her from uh, the, the first uh, time we saw her on Dynamite. She was, I'm like, wow. Yeah, um, and, and for being as young as she is, I believe she's only 22. Um, but um, she, she seems very good in the ring for being, being that age. But um, the thing that confused me is that she got this big video package, um, and then she comes out. But then out comes Abaddon, and I remember you showing me uh, a clip of her from AEW Dark uh, at the March Fourth. Right. Yep. And she she had lost in a match to Hikaru um, Shida at that point. Yep. Well, come to find out, that was her only appearance up until now. So out comes Abaddon, and uh, poor, poor JR doesn't know what the hell to think of, the, of this <laughs> character. And, and in his defense, I don't either, because she freaks me the hell out. I want to know your thoughts on, on this Abaddon. Um, I don't know what to, what to think of it. It's very, uh, very strange. Right? Um, it's disturbing. I, it's disturbing. You know, and I would have to, I would have to see uh, more character development. And the fact that she, she, that she's only been used once since her debut uh, on Dark several months ago. Well, before the pandemic hit, um, I'm just not really, I'm not really sure what to make of her. Do you get the, do you get the whole gimmick? Uh, no, I don't. It's based off of Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl. Oh, well, I didn't know that, but, but now, now that I know that, I'm a bigger fan now, because I love Rob Zombie, and I have that song on my, uh. Spotify playlist. I have the Hillbilly Deluxe CD. I love the CD. Um, actually, I actually have the CD as well. Cool. Um, hold on, so, hold on. Do you have the Hillbilly Deluxe 2? No, I don't have two, but I have one. Part two, I, I have uh, part two. Part two is not bad either. Yeah, yeah but I, I, prefer, I prefer part one. Part part one, I think is how part one I, is a classic. Uh, I love part one. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's classic. So, 
the the gimmick so far is not a classic, but that's just because I'm weirded out by it. So <laughs> hopefully um, we'll be able to see more of her so I can kind of figure it out and get a better feel for her uh, skill set. You know what? I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know if this is it, but I'm gonna send you something right now, real quick. I want you to take a look at this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, on the fly research live on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I just sent you something on your messenger. Okay, let me let me open that up. Should we cue the Jeopardy theme song while I'm pulling this up? Thank you. Yeah, and see right here, she looks completely normal. And um, so that that is her then, right? Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because you can't see this, um, Elio just sent me a uh, out of character, real life shot of of the woman behind the Abaddon character, and she's actually quite pretty. Um, which, uh, that's right. She's not very pretty as the Abaddon. It's character, like, I guess. how do you do that to this? How do you go from this to that? Jeez. Oh, because this, this real life shot, as uh, Elia was alluding to, she, uh, she's actually quite beautiful and her, her eyes yeah. are. Re- are very stri- are very striking, but not in a terrifying way. No, as is the character. So, the uh, the transformation is made even more shocking by um, seeing this real life picture. So yeah. I, I, get, <laughs> I get it now. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, on the fly research, PMC exclusive. Absolutely. So uh, next up, we have. Uh, well, hold on. I think we might have gone slightly out of order here. No, we didn't. No, you did. Um, but um, the hell. Oh, okay. Um, next up, we had MJF uh, versus Billy Gunn. Oh, uh, um, can't see Billy Gunn no more. Oh, Bill, I'm so, I'm sorry. Did, no, yes. no, 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 hold on. Did you hear about this? Uh, yes, because WWE. This is so yeah. stupid. Come on. I, I know they're they're so fucking petty. It, WWE is just. How, how, how many how many how many months has it been since since he's been using Billy Gunn and now all of a sudden he's not allowed to use it? Yes, and and Cody Rhodes is another example. Because Cody can't use the Rose name because WWE owns it. Uh, excuse no, but, me. No, but he, he, he uh, I believe, I thought I, I thought I heard where uh, he retained it, that name, the Rose name. Well, uh, that, that was the report. I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything, uh, anything more about it. And, and oh, okay. As far as I, All right. As far as I can tell, they're still only referring you know, hold, to... Hold on, you know what's really weird? Yeah. Why is Cody only addressed as Cody, but Dustin is addressed as Dustin Rhodes? 
Yeah, well, and that's a, that, that's very um, interesting. I think the answer is because um, Dustin owns the rights to uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes gimmick, so okay. that's why he's able to use it because he because he's going as the natural Dustin Rhodes, and that's something that he owns. So I think that's why. Oh, okay. Whereas, whereas, um, WWE owns the rights to the name Cody Rhodes, which is why Cody can't use the surname Rhodes. So, okay. I All think right. that's why. But you know, so so this match was was fine. This actually went much longer than I would have anticipated. It went uh, nine minutes and and fifty four seconds. Uh, not too bad. But why why is it that Billy Gunn looks more impressive as a as a physical specimen than three quarters of of the AEW roster and he's in his fifties? Right. Can someone explain that to me? Because he does. He looks good. Like, yeah. I mean, I wait wait in in the WWE he looked he kind of looked terrible, but like in AEW he looks so much different. Yeah, he, he really does. Um, so good on him. Uh, apparently, time has been kind to him. So then, uh, then after after this, we get um, we get a uh, Sammy a uh, Sammy Guevara and the Inner Circle uh, promo because Jericho. Uh, said he juiced Orange Cassidy uh, last week, and uh, and it was it was funny because Sammy Guevara referred to Cassidy as pulp, so I thought that was funny um, because he said that uh, Orange Cassidy got the pulp beat out of him, uh, and they'll do the same things to uh, best friends tonight to win. Uh, number one contender spots. Okay. Um, and then the and then the ending line was hilarious because because uh, they they said uh, Jericho said um, that him and Guevara were bro- blood brothers, just like the blood streaming out of Orange Cassidy's head. And he also said that blood is thicker than water, or in this case, orange juice. So I thought that that was hilarious. Uh, next up, we get uh, we get uh, the segment that I referred to earlier, uh, in which Britt came out um, to do commentary with uh, Shivani um, during. Um, during Ford, during Penelope Ford's match, um, but he, he said that uh, Tony, he said that Ford is getting a title shot, and uh, and Britt is very pissed off by this, um, and and she gets really mad at Tony and and declares that they are on a friendship timeout. So she 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 attempted to get back on her Rolls Royce, which which is hilarious. Being in a wheelchair myself, 
if I had a Rolls Royce like the one that um, the one that uh, Britt Baker is rocking with, I I would get the biggest kick out of that. So um, I I'm really jealous of her Rolls Royce golf cart. <laughs> so uh, it's um, it's very interesting. So so but then we get a throwback to um, the Undertaker and Stephanie McMahon because. Uh, Big Swole is revealed as the driver of the golf cart, and she has now hijacked uh, Britt Baker, and we don't know where she's going. So, um, uh, next up here comes Cody for the uh, TNT Championship Open Challenge, and out comes Ricky Starks after a. Uh, after an introductory video package. This guy is very good. I like him. Yeah, he and for those for those that don't know, he actually came from NWA. Yep. Um so yeah, I'm I'm actually a uh, I like what I saw out of Ricky Starks here. So he could potentially be a big star. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we get what will be the last appearance from Jimmy Havoc for a while. Thank God. And, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm laughing at, at Elio's disdain for Jimmy Havoc, not the I'm allegations sorry, against I'm sorry, I just don't see it with this guy. Just go uh, away. I'm taking uh, a wrench in your pliers and you're stapling with you. No, I, I I agree with you there. I don't I don't see it for for him. But uh, oh the, my God, uh, we, share, we, we we share the the same birthday week. Mine's on the twelfth. His is on March nineteenth. Oh, oh God. Well, you you don't want to share too much more with uh, Jimmy Havoc because of the allegations against him. So exactly. We'll just leave that, we'll just leave that alone for the time being until more. Uh, comes to light. Yep. Um, and there's there's more to there's more to that story and more to this movement that's breaking on social media. Uh, just so our listeners are aware, we we oh, sorry, are aware. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Before you go on, one last piece on him. Just yeah. lo- just looking up information on him. He actually had one match in the WWE at WrestleMania Access uh, for WrestleMania 2017. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he had one match at Access. <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. But um, but it, uh, within uh within this segment of the show, since we're uh, since we're bringing up Jimmy Havoc, we should mention that um both Elio and I are uh, mutually aware of the movement that has. Uh, broken out over the last couple of days on social media, and we are we are consciously deciding at this point in time uh, to not say anything about it until uh, more comes to light. There are a lot of accusations against a lot of different wrestlers of a sexual nature, um, and obviously we take those allegations very seriously. Uh, we just don't want to ruin anybody's uh, reputation on either side of the on either side of the issue until um, there is more concrete information uh, beyond uh, just 
accusations at this point in time. So um, by no means are we uh, are we um, are we are we devaluing the allegations. Um, uh, we just we just don't want to. Uh, we've just learned from past incidents involving. Uh, Involving Enzo Amore, uh, not to, not to do that before all Ooh. the facts come, uh, before the facts come to light. So uh, what was that name? Enzo Amore. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can use Amore anymore. But, so that's that's why we're not touching on that at that at this point in time. I don't, think, I don't think you can use Amore anymore. Uh, well, no, but 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 my point being that I'm his, just his, his, my point be, being in all seriousness, uh, his his reputation was destroyed by sexual abuse allegations, and it came out that he was not guilty of any of that. So uh, I just don't want to rake any anybody's reputation over the coals in a premature fashion. So. But moving on to uh, the next, uh, the next portion of the show, we had uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy, Sammy Guevara versus the best friends in the main event. And I have to say, I was very surprised um, that the best friends uh, came out with the victory. It was actually uh, very refreshing. Um, Why? Well, because because a lot of the, a lot of the time with big acts such as such as the inner circle, anytime that they're in a match that's on TV, I feel like the the, the results are very predictable. And so when when somebody can swerve me and give me something that I don't expect, I tend to okay. t- tend to appreciate it. Okay, but I also. Um... This was uh, for their number one contendership. So if uh, they were to lose, Inner Circle would get the tag team championship match, which would be good. But uh, we already knew that Orange Cassidy was going to face Chris Jericho. Yeah, so I think I think that's why they did it, playing into the storyline of the rivalry between Orange Cassidy and Jericho. So did you see fun. Orange Cassidy go off on Jericho at the end? Uh, no, I, I missed that part. What oh, you missed. Oh, oh, okay. Let me let me explain what happened. For the whole match, we didn't, we didn't see Orange Cassie at all. Then the, if you were to look at the bottom of your screen, a cameraman tripped Jericho. Then after the match was over and Best Friends won, the cameraman entered the ring, stood behind Jericho to reveal, reveal himself as Orange Cassie. As soon as Jericho turned around, Cassie unloaded, unloaded on him and started drilling him with punches. No, none of the putting the hands in the pocket. He just unloaded on Jericho. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I must have missed that part. I have to. I have to go. Yeah, back. Have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Take a look. Um, but that is our uh, that is our AEW review of the of the evening. I thought that it was. I thought it was a very good show, very well done. So um, I was very uh, happy about that. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with our review of NXT and SmackDown. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. we are back and we are now going to get into our review of NXT so here we go and Ben this show uh, you didn't watch uh, this did you n- no and there was there was a reason for that because I had heard uh, ahead of time that um that this show reeked of the influence of Vince McMahon because he's unhappy with the ratings um, associated with NXT at this time. Uh, so he's taking control. Um, uh, Vince, um, I would like to bring up a point, uh, if I could. Um, you are already overseeing the main roster shows. And if you're so concerned about their ratings, uh, stay over there and, and work on work on making that product not suck. Uh, please, uh, please stay away from our precious in NXT because Ooh, if I, I sense a Lord of the Ring vibe there. Yes, because if, if you fuck. <laughs> I'm telling you I'm telling you right now, if you fuck with my precious in NXT any further, I'm coming for your neck. And I no I'm I'm very serious because you know he he has fucked with enough of my love for professional wrestling. Uh he's actually made it embarrassing for me to be a fan of uh, professional wrestling at this point in time. So if you fuck with the last bit of my hope that is associated with your product, you're gonna have he's gonna have a problem, and I'm just, I'm just I'm not gonna watch it anymore. It's, Next because season. because let, let me let, I swear I'm gonna let you do your re, re, review. I I know that this yeah, is your, cool, yeah, go ahead. your portion. So excuse my pipe bomb. But um, but then this is this is directly to, to you now, okay? I I have a lot of appreciation for what you did in, in the past. You have provided me with a lifelong passion that is professional wrestling. I appreciate you. I do. But I, you know what you what you've done in 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 previous years and what you're doing now is is just terrible on a multitude of levels in 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 my opinion and we we've explained that in detail on this podcast so I'm not going to go on an extended rant but I I'm begging you I'm begging you sir Focus on improving your main roster product. NXT does not need your influence when, according to everything I've heard, you don't even fucking watch the show. So, um, you know, let 
let Paul and John deal with that, and you and you deal with Raw and SmackDown on your side of the aisle. I yeah, please, I beg of you with every last fiber of my 120 pound crippled ass and my crippled being. Please do not fuck with NXT. I'm begging you because this particular episode was terrible. Please continue, Elliot. So you don't know anything that happened on here. Oh, oh, I, I, I do. I just, I just didn't watch it because. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, but you read the results, okay? All right, okay. Yeah. So you know about the one segment. Yeah, I know, I know, I know all about, I know all about what happened with Robert Stone. I understand. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. No, 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 no. Oh, which one are you talking about? I will get into it here. So our first match is Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel defeating Brizango to retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. Then we had Damian Priest defeating Killian Dane. Alia, which I really like her, I just wish they would like give her something. Because I, I like her, she's been there forever it seems, like, and they seem to not give her anything. Yeah. I agree. So Aliyah defeated Zaya Lee, so I'm happy about that. Dakota Kai defeated Kaden Carter. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Leon Roth. And in the main event, Bailey and Sasha Banks defeated Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Ox to retain the Raw Women's uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships now. Damn, Robert- Bronson Reed got a victory. Holy shit. Now. The, the the one segment which you said Robert Stone where he um, distracted I believe Zayali allowing Aliyah to pick up the victory he vomited in the ring or whatever it was just disgusting but undis- <laughs> undisputed therapy oh you don't know do you uh, no Pl- oh uh, fuck. Uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish took Roderick Strong to therapy because he's still seeing visions of Dexter Loomis. And they had this fucking stupid ass doctor, therapist, whatever you want to call him. And I'm like, what the fuck, guys? I'm like, that's an out. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So did we have a Dr. Shelby sighting on NXT? No, no, it wasn't Dr. Shelby, but he might as well have been. He looked more like Sami Zayn. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, so what, so what that tells me, aside from the fact that NXT sucked this week, is that they, they are making it very obvious that Adam Cole's run as NXT champion is coming to an end. That's what that says to me. 
because they like because him and Bobby Fish think about it, and uh, they're like, okay, Roddy, lay down. You're in the safe environment. You're among friends. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, give me give me a minute here. I I just <laughs> I just need to gather my thoughts here because this was just Ben. I'm gonna play yeah. a cl- I'm gonna play a clip here. Okay, you're okay. gonna you're gonna hear what you missed. All right. Okay. gone through an incredibly traumatic experience but me and bobby we're going to get you professional help this guy is the best you can let out all that anger frustration that fear and you can, <laughs> you can go back to the roger strong that we both know and love bring him back bring him back bring him back it's gonna be okay driver let's go here we go right this is all you man just sit down relax kick your feet up all right this couch is for you this is your home. Put your feet up. You're at peace with, with your friends. This doctor, <laughs> the best in the world. We found it. As you should, shut your eyes, close your eyes. You're here surrounded with love. All right, let's go, Hi, Roderick. I'm Kyle Clay Roddy. I'm Kyle Walter Sinberg, MGP. Tell me about your repressed psychological. It's Dexter Loomis' character, Doc. What the hell? <laughs> what? What? Is that Sami Zayn's older brother or some shit? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! When I saw that, I'm like, that's it. I'm. I'm oh, I hope I don't even know what to say. Okay, well, seriously, and the fact that they brought up safe space on NXT, just stick a screwdriver through my fucking eyeball, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, all right. This, see, Vince, this, this gives even more credence to my earlier rant. Stay the fuck away from my... Precious that, that that had Bruce Pritchard all over it. Oh yeah. Don't get me started on our friend Bruce. Okay? Yeah, right. Yeah, we're I not just, gonna go there. Because well, we we are unfortunately because we had to go we had to go through Raw earlier, and this was Bruce's first attempt oh at God. resurrecting Monday Night Raw. He didn't resurrect anything other, other than what I had for dinner that night. But uh, nonetheless, now we have to go through Bruce Pritchard part two of the week, and that is uh, Friday Night SmackDown. All right, I ladies, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw it over to, my, to Ben for SmackDown review. Ben, take it away. Are you ready? I'm sorry, I I had to hit myself in the head to clear up some brain cells that got damaged in the 
in the uh, Dr. Sami Zayn segment on uh, NXT. Um, okay, so now let's go through our SmackDown results. And for some reason, they've disappeared from my computer. So uh, give me a second while I pull those back up. Uh, God, now, now you've got all these negative thoughts in my head. From from replaying that segment, thank you so much, uh, Elio. But uh, yes, on to SmackDown. So it um, it starts off with um, with a replay of what happened last week uh, in the Intercontinental uh, Championship Finals between Daniel Bryan and. AJ, um, which was which was in all seriousness a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. Um, so so as um, as Renee is trying to uh, move this um, move this championship presentation forward, um, AJ invites. Um, uh, um, Dan O'Brien to the ring after insisting that Renee is not the right person to uh, to present uh, the Intercontinental Championship to AJ because he wants Daniel O'Brien to do it. So out comes Daniel O'Brien and um, and he puts the title on AJ's waist and congratulates him. Uh, but he, but AJ is not satisfied with that, um, and uh, he he proceeds to run down Brian some more. Um, but um, but before we can get too deep too deep into insulting Daniel Bryan, out comes the debuting uh, Matt Riddle. And which leads to uh, a match between Matt Riddle and AJ Styles. Um, and originally, the um, the ring announcer Greg Hamilton says that this match is for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, AJ snatches the mic away and says, "No, it's not because you know." To challenge for this title, it requires shirt and shoes. Uh, so no shoot, no shirt, no shoes, no intercontinental championship from from Matt Riddle. Apparently, wait, 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 wait. Matt Riddle wore shoes, boots. Uh, no, no, he, he didn't. What I'm saying is, AJ Styles said no shirt, no shoes, no intercontinental t- championship opportunity. Oh, okay. Um. So out comes a ref, and, and here we go with what was a fantastic match. I'm not even. I I, I I think Matt Riddle should be wearing boots. Seriously. Uh, yeah, because he's gonna hurt himself. I I've always I've always said that he's gonna hurt himself. Yep. Uh, if he if he doesn't. Um. So this was this was an absolutely fantastic match. I'll just. Fast forward to the ending because I I can't do this justice. I was 
I was actually riveted by this match. Um, I I thought that this was fantastic. But it so it ends because um, AJ goes AJ and Matt goes to the outside and uh, AJ goes to throw Matt back in and then he gets into a uh, into a shoving match with um, or tries to initiate a shoving match with Daniel Bryan in order to get on himself disqualified so he can retain because Matt Riddle is putting up a, a lot more fight than AJ expected. Um, so, so Brian does not take the bait and the match continues. So he, so Styles j- jumps back up on the apron and goes for the phenomenal forearm only to be caught and, uh, and become a victim to the best named finisher in professional wrestling, the bro Derek, um, and uh, and Riddle captures the one, two, three, and everybody uh, celebrates uh, in, in the ring uh, with uh, with Matt Riddle. So apparently that was Matt Riddle's coronation on the main roster. So hopefully, so hopefully, if these allegations against him prove to be untrue, uh, that. Um, then, uh, then this will be a good start for, um, Riddle on the main roster. Now, now, if, if it turns out that these are true, then that's an entirely different story, but there are allegations out there against Matt Riddle as well, but as we've said earlier, we're not going to go into detail on those until, until, until more concrete evidence comes to pass. So the first match of the evening was Mojo Rally versus Chad Gable. Um, wait, wait, excuse wait, wait, me, wait, was, it, was that the second match? Or, uh, uh, I'm sorry, did I say uh, match you, one? You said the I'm first sorry. match. I, I, meant, I meant the second match, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but anytime Mojo Rally is involved, I'm just not interested. I can't get behind. I can't, right? I can't get behind his character. The right. face paint is fucking weird. Hold on, hold on. So I guess uh, they got rid of his whole stupid gimmick where he kept looking in the mirror and he was like all disturbed and stuff. Uh, yeah, I I haven't seen I haven't seen that since, since he's. Since he was in that brief uh, partnership, or I should say, bromance with um, with Rob Gronkowski and Elio, I I would I would ask you uh, not to allow me to use the term bromance again. I hope that never comes to pass again in the world of professional Don't wrestling. Don't do that. It's, it's terrifying. So I do apologize for that. Um, but you know. It was, it was it was smart for Gable to win, but if they're not going to do anything with him uh, long term, I don't really see the point. But oh, hold uh, on before so, you go on with uh, Gable, they totally yeah. ruined the mystery hacker. Oh, and how and how was that? 
They quietly moved Ali to Monday Night Raw. Apparently, he was supposed to be the hacker. Well, that's what I had heard, but I, I did not hear that. I hadn't heard up until uh, right now that he moved to Monday Night Raw. Did you? No one did it? because uh, they did it quietly. And did they say anything or did, did they just do it? No, they just, you know how they just like suddenly they just do something without anyone knowing, like one day someone might appear. God, you know, I, 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 re- I, I really am growing to just hate a lot of this product. I, I, I really am. It's like AJ Styles. AJ Styles isn't on SmackDown. Remember, he was on Monday Night Raw? He, well, yeah, he, he, I this, did hear that he, I did hear that he had gotten moved, but I hadn't heard that about uh, Ali. Well, they traded, uh, they, they also did a trade with AJ Styles. Oh, God. They sent Dolph Ziggler over to Raw. You know, and I heard that too, but I mean, you know, I know that this is a rhetorical question at this point in time, but I, I really wish it wasn't. But where is the logic on WWE TV? I mean, where is it? I I would I would real I would really like to to have an honest conversation with Vince McMahon. And and uh, honestly, I, I don't I don't even mean this in an insulting fashion. And at this point in time, but I I would if someone gave me five minutes of events. My first question would honestly be, sir, where is the logic on this show? Or or any show that you ever see, because it it is such a lost art right now that it, it's 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 embarrassing and quite frankly, it's insulting to the intelligence of the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get treated as if we are the dumbest individuals to ever exist in the universe, pardon the pun, you know, haha, WWE universe, I didn't even do that on purpose, but it, it's just, we get treated as if we are the dumbest people ever, and then when we bring, when we bring this up, we're, we're, we're the ones with the problem because we should just shut up and enjoy the show. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't not see these massive, um, you know, gaps in, in logic and sense. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not built that way. So it's like when I see it, I have to question it. You know, and, and, um, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, I, I I hear a lot of podcasts where they just seem to roll with it and, you know, they they come up with these half-cocked explanations or attempts at explanations and I'm just like, well, if, if more people would make noise as to, like, not necessarily insult the product because, you know, even though, even though at this point it's become fodder for insulting, quite frankly, the product deserves it, you know. I, but I would really like someone to honestly say, you know, hey, uh, this show is really not that good, and I'm I'm a fan of the show and I want to see it do better, you know. So I'm asking you, 
where the fuck is the logic? And if I swear, if I had five minutes with Vince, that that's what I would ask. And I'm sure I would I would get the runaround, but it's just I I don't I don't understand how we as the viewing audience constantly get treated as if we're a four year old child. I don't I don't get it. Uh, and, and you'll 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 start to you'll start to see uh, the four year old uh, antics as we as we come forward in into the next segment. So uh, the next segment was Ms. TV with uh, Sonia Deville and Mandy, and Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose was the guest, and then uh, Sonia came out to interrupt. And you know, I have to get. I have to give it to Sonia in particular because mm-hmm. uh, she she has really uh, stepped up um, and uh, and made made the most of her opportunity on on SmackDown because to me she's one of the she's one of the more compelling uh, compelling uh, portions of SmackDown at this point in time. I really like what they're doing with her. Um, so, so Sonia comes out to interrupt, and Mandy wants her to stop and ask her what she wants. You know, what you, what's your point, and and how long are you gonna continue to um, be jealous that that because you feel that I was the one stealing the spotlight? So Sonia goes on to say that she's gonna break it down. Uh, really simply, she isn't mad anymore. She's just like, what does she have to do to get the Mandy Rose treatment? Um, so she, she, uh, so Mandy, Mandy comes back and and says, actually, um, um, Mandy goes to start the fight. And so that they they end up brawling. Sonia lands a right, and uh, the Miz eventually gets in between them. Um, but but what really pisses me off about this entire uh, segment was, um, you know, the Miz and Morrison are just they're treating this whole entire thing as if it's a joke. And I know it's their gimmick, and they're really onto the comedy thing. And we've seen them act stupid with the Braun Strowman deal mm-hmm. uh, in previous weeks. But but when we're dealing with what I feel is the best storyline on SmackDown TV, and and all this moron, you know, the Miz can do is is point and laugh as if he's the schoolyard bitch. You know, I just. I, I I don't get it, and and I understand that he's being booked like that, but I I, I just I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. I I wanted I wanted to punch the Miz in the face during this while I was watching this, and, and I guess that means he did his job. But in in real in in reality, I hated the Miz on, on in this segment. But uh, next up we had. Another match I didn't give a shit about. Uh, the New Day versus Lucha House Party, and we all know what happened there. 
but the interesting part was after this, uh, Cesaro and um, and Shinsuke were out there, and Cesaro actually was uh, was beating down the New Day, and um, and then Cesaro cuts a very interesting like mini promo. He goes to the announce table and confronts uh, Michael Cole and and asks, you know, why are we treated this way? We've been here for for you know eight years in the case of Cesaro, and I'm constantly uh, treated like a joke. You know, I'm the last of a dying breed, along with Shinsuke. You know, and you're going to treat us like this after I, after I've been here for eight years. Uh, you know, so I I thought that that was a, a fantastic promo. It, it's nice to see Cesaro get some shine because he, along with Dolph Ziggler, he has been the most most criminally misused uh, individual, along with uh, Shinsuke as well. You know, but it, to me, uh, Cesaro could have been could have been a world champion and should have been a world champion uh, ten times over at this point. Um, so, that, but that's just my, that's just my opinion. Um, next, next up, we have uh, Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross after Bailey volunteered uh, Sasha to uh, partake in this match. Uh, of course, of course, Sasha Banks is going to win because Nikki Cross is a running joke at, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to close the show, we have a Firefly Funhouse, which, which gets... Briefly interrupted by the Strowman Express. God, I hate his new entrance theme. It's so fucking annoying. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I don't don't like Braun Strowman. But this this, uh, Firefly Funhouse is very interesting. Uh, um, He goes over his history with Strowman. And we see clips of him with the original uh, Wyatt family uh, in the woods. And then when um, when Wyatt comes back on screen, he uh, he's in a, a Hawaiian shirt, and um, you know he's back in his old Eater of Worlds gimmick, which I thought was a very nice touch. So so. Wait, is are they going back to that version of Bray Wyatt? Well, it, it it would appear it would appear at least for the time being. Oh, good. That that's what they're doing. So okay. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's gonna last past this uh, championship match with Strowman, but at least for right now, it, that appears to be the case. Which I think, especially for this storyline, if you're going to go with with Strowman versus Wyatt, then this is where that needs to go. Okay. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of it, but I think I think we 
Oh, shit. I think we need a break from the fiend after all the damage that has been done to that character at this point. So I'm not, I'm not exactly hating on that. But that, so that ends the SmackDown portion of the show. Okay. All right, Ben. See, we fire yeah. up the fire up the DeLorean and go back in time. Uh, yes, and I actually, I'm actually quite excited about this trip back in time. So let's uh, let's put the pedal to the metal on the DeLorean and take off. So we are going back to Monday, June 11, 2007, WWE Monday Night Raw from the Wachovia Center in in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right. And the theme of this night was the first ever tri-branded draft featuring SmackDown, Raw, and ECW, as well as the Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night. However, that's not the highlight. The highlight will come at the end of the show. Yes, well, and, and to be honest with you, I was, I was entertained by every aspect of this show, to tell you the truth, because, um, because it kicked off with them with McMahon in this catatonic state uh, <laughs> yeah, right. reading, reading a statement about Mr. McMahon Appreciation Night and how we're gonna have we're gonna have all these appearances from uh, past stars, not not including members of the McMahon family mm-hmm. in order to get in order to get an accurate dep- depiction of Vince McMahon as a as a boss and as an individual. So the, um, but the, the first, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. So the first uh, match of the evening was between Edge and John Cena and the theme of the, theme of the evening being the draft. Whoever won these matches their brand would get a draft pick. So, um, so, uh, the great colleague ended up going to SmackDown. After Edge defeated John Cena. Yes. Um, and then let me, for some, for some reason, my, okay, there they are. My results disappeared. Um, here we go. And then in the second match of the evening, we had CM Punk defeating Carlito, which sent the boogeyman to ECW. Mm-hmm. And then after this, we had a Jesse Ventura appearance uh, via satellite. And uh, he didn't call Vince, Vince. He referred to him as McMahon. 
Yes, because he, he said that he hadn't earned... You the, haven't earned my respect, McMahon. Ex- exactly. And it was a bad impression. In, I'm sorry. Yes, it was. It was It was stick with doing Mr. Garrison and Lord <laughs> Alfred Hayes. Um, but, but one line that really... Um, that really... Um, Stood out to me, which was which was interesting considering how people view Vince Vince these days. He goes, "All dictators will and do fall," and the product and ratings in WWE are in a free fall right now. So I just oh. I I found that to be oh, uh, oh. <laughs> a spitting line to say the very least. Foreshadowing what would happen. Exactly. Uh, ne- next up, we had um, Umaga defeating Balls Mahoney in 29 seconds. She. Uh, and this time we had King Booker. Yeah, King Booker being sent to Monday Night Raw, and then the. The next match was Bobby Lashley versus He Who Must Not Be Named, mm-hmm. which, which actually would send He Who Must Not Be Named to ECW himself. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see uh, that person on ECW because of outside of one appearance the next week because of what would occur two weeks after this had taken place. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows that story, so we don't have to go into it here. Um, next up, MVP defeated Santino uh, t- to send uh, to send Tory uh, Wilson. Yeah, so kind of a weird match to to send the diva to SmackDown, uh, but anyway, then after this, I actually found this to be the most interesting part of the evening. Bret Hart appeared mm-hmm. um, via satellite to give his opinion on Vince, and this, and I found this very interesting. One because the previous year when Vince or when Brett was inducted into the Hall of Fame, we found out later that uh, he he punched Vince in the face backstage. We so already knew that, though. Yeah, well, I mean, we did, but the fact that um, the fact that um, Bret Hart was on the show a year later in any capacity is just kind of surprising to me because we didn't... Uh, we didn't see uh, Brad's official return to the WWE until uh, 10 years later. Or not 10 years later, three years later, my bad. January 4th, um, 2010. Exactly. So, and I personally had, uh, I personally did not know that Brett made this appearance on this show. So I was, oh, I was very uh, taken aback by that. Right. Uh, a- after that, we had um, we had uh, Mike Mazan. It's not the, the Miz. Miz. It's not the Miz. It's Mike Mazan. 
Oh God! Well, either way, then either way, then either way, this version of him sucks. It um, wait, we see a guy here. I guess, but he still came off like a like a toolbox. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> so. So the Miz actually won via DQ after the decision was reversed because Snitsky went bad shit after he won the match. Yo, yo, what, what, what did Snitsky do to himself? He looked completely different than uh, when he was in his feud with Kane. Uh, well, yeah, and, and you should see, you should see what Snitsky looks like now. Oh boy, I'm gonna have to Google a picture and see. Because one, he got his tooth fixed, but two, it, it looks like he hasn't shaved in about a decade. Oh wow. Um. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, some in, some interesting research for you to do later in the evening. All right. Uh, that sent Chris Masters over to SmackDown. Absolutely. Um. And then we had. Uh, Candice Michelle defeating Crystal Mar- Marshall in a minute and 41 seconds. Uh, big whoop. Uh, but that actually sent Bobby Lashley to Raw, which was in, which is interesting because um, a, f- a few weeks beforehand, he had defeated Vince to reclaim the ECW title, which is what sent, um, which is what uh, sent Vince into this catatonic-like state that we saw at the beginning of the show. That's right. And then, hold on, hold on. That was a couple of weeks before this one. Uh, well, yeah, because because um, Lashley had already reclaimed it, but right before. Right before that, Mr. McMahon had been the ECW champion. Okay, no, I'm saying because is that when he started acting all weird? Was he acting this weird on that show as well after? Uh, no, but it, that that's that's what started the 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 downfall, if I recall. Oh, okay, all right. Um, so this sent Bobby Lashley to Raw, and then we had a kind of a uh, interesting segment because right after this, um, Jonathan Coachman came out and announced that that Vince had stripped Bobby Lashley of of the championship because he couldn't defend it anymore, being that he was on Raw. So, um, after that, we had Batista defeating Eliza Burke and Jeff Hardy. In the most boring triple threat match I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god, right? That was this was so terrible. Uh three minutes and thirty-three seconds. It was just fucking awful. Um but um Batista walked away happy because that sent Rick Flair to SmackDown. Uh and then in the last uh the last match of the evening, which ended up being a three-way brand battle royal, which was won by Randy Orton, which sent Snitsky and Mr. Kennedy to Raw. All right. And, and then, then, of course, 
Then, of course, the show ends. Uh, Vince is uh, seen walking backstage after getting getting off of, you know, the, the main stage. So we see him walking through a crowd of, of superstars. Coachman stops him to say something, then he keeps walking. We see him get to the limo, um, and he puts his hand on the uh, the handle. It, it stays there for an extent for a few seconds longer than it should have. He opens the door, uh, sticks his foot in, looks around, then you know he appears to. Uh, get in the car, but I noticed that this is where they made this the camera switch. Oh. Because right right before you see you see his his foot go in and, and out of the car. Mm-hmm. So it goes it goes out and then in but it's like it's in a really weird fashion before you see his foot disappear. And then, and then that's when the car blew up. But that's when they—that's when they did the switch. So that was—that was the little glitch that uh, that showed you that they that they switched the camera and tried to cover it up. Um, now, obviously, the uh, the limo explosion was intended to be this huge angle, but then they were forced to. Uh, to abandon that plan uh, in lieu of the Chris Benoit tragedy, which took place just two weeks later. So, um, what would have been what would have been very interesting to see play out never really had the opportunity to unfold. So, no, um, actually, I'm gonna touch briefly on uh, the following week, the June 18th episode of Raw. Basically, I didn't really watch. I couldn't get through that show, but uh, uh, at the at the time, I don't know if you watched it when it aired live. Did you? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Okay, and uh, I don't know about you, but if it had like that show, show had a weird feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, that show centered around um, around. Uh, the, all the wrestlers being asked questions as to whether they knew anything about what had happened to Vince's limo. And then uh, the, the show ended with Stephanie McMahon um, coming out to the ring and inviting everyone to the what would have been the funeral or the wake for Vince on uh, the following Monday, June 25th, I believe it was. Yeah. However, that mad that show never happened, and we know why. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that was our trip back to June 11, 2007. Uh, I don't know why this is a raw that no one really talks about anymore. Well, well, I think I think it was because the angle that ended it never really got to unfold. If you take, um, if you take. Just the show for itself, I thought that this was a very good show. 
I just got hit with a thought. We should book our own uh, conclusion to this angle. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that that would be fun. But uh, for for right now, that brings our planned show um, for uh, for this week to a close, and thus it wraps up the. 75th episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that being said, we will uh, we will check in with you guys next week, and we will have more craziness and I'm sure more news as things continue to unfold. I promise not to bring my bad impressions. Or, and can you promise not to mention the Iconics? I'll do my best. (laughs) Yeah, because they suck. Anyway. um, Pardon? (laughs) I said they absolutely suck. Um, But with that being said, uh, we will sign off for the week and hope you have a good one. And hopefully this quarantine will come to an end soon because it's driving me absolutely fucking nuts. Yep. All right, this is Joman. He's Ben. I'm Elio. We'll talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. See ya! Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see? Getting closer, just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over.